Definitely More Blues post-match podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed, and I'm joined by my usual uh, partner in crime for all things good and bad regarding Everton, Connor Skelly. Um, Connor, you were, uh, you were uh, visiting Liverpool actually yesterday, hence the slight delay in this, um, in this podcast. How was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm over visiting the family. Um, my dad's side are all scouts. That explains the Everton thing. Uh, yeah, it was good. We had a big party, fancy dress. Uh, I didn't dress up myself, uh, but I did catch most of the game. Right. Um, it was we were kind of going in between. I went to the yesterday afternoon. I was in Liverpool, did some shopping, got some nice jeans and Marks and Spencer's there on on Church Street. <laughs> Um, you know the, the the first pair of jeans I've got. You know the three quarter length ones that everybody's wearing now, and you can see the socks. Oh yes, kind I, of I like thought... that mod that mod look from like the the sixties and seventies, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've I've gone there now. So are you um, going to wear them with the white socks and the black shoes? I had stripy socks and black ah. shoes, black bands on. Uh, very in vogue, my friend. Very in vogue. Yeah, uh, yeah, was it a I'm Halloween sure. themed party or was it just a? It was Halloween themed, but mainly for the kids. There was kids there. It was it was a it, my eighteen year old cousin. She's um she's actually on the spectrum, you know. So she has like okay lots of eclectic friends of all different ages, and they're all dressed up. They had a great time. So oh, I'm glad to hear that. It was nice. And then I it's it's then it was actually funny enough my birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, my friend. Yeah, so I was at the party celebrating this birthday. Um, but I didn't actually want to just let on to everybody. It was actually my birthday too, just to take <laughs> away the take away the uh, attention. The shine, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So I kept that under wraps, but yeah, but I, but I, but I wept, you know, secretly, <laughs> as you do when you're past twenty five, isn't it? Yeah, every, yeah. Every birthday gonna... is, a, is a little dagger to the heart. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how many how many uh, years past twenty five, but I'm thirty seven. So there you go. You can work it out for oh, yourself. Still a cherub in my eyes. Yeah, so... yeah. <laughs> So, but I went to the museum yesterday. Uh, if you ever get a chance in Liverpool, go to the Walker Museum. It's the massive one behind the concert. What's what's the the, the big massive building in the middle of Liverpool? I always forget it. St George's Hall. St George's Hall. Yeah, it's yeah. behind there. Go and check out the Walker. If you are in Liverpool, if you're listening to this, you're a fan from abroad, whatever it is in Liverpool, go to the Walker, the Walker Gallery, sorry, Art Gallery. It's absolutely spectacular. There's actually a couple of things around there to visit. This is not a tourism podcast, but the the Central Library as well, where I remember revising for my GCSEs. Probably explained why I didn't do as well as I should have. And then uh, there's the old museum. The original Liverpool Museum was just sited next to that as well. Brilliant part of the city and opposite the train station as well. That's right, yeah. yeah. The, um, The library now, I didn't get a chance to go in there. And I didn't see enough of the gallery, to be honest, I was kind of rushing around. Mm-hmm. That explains why I didn't catch some of the first half. Well, so you, you missed can... all the good bits. Yes, yes, because just for anybody listening, uh, I, I texted because I see I saw most of the second half. Um, I I saw all the second half. Sorry, and I texted saying we had barely any shots on goal again, <laughs> and we 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 were it was the same. We lacked any kind of aggression. But apparently, the first half was 
different. Go on, Ahmed. How did the first half so, go? Yeah, I mean, in, in my eyes, actually, we started off, we got our first shot on target within the first five minutes through Demarai Gray. Um, nice little flowing move that ended up on the right wing and Demarai Gray unleashes a shot straight at the keeper, but nevertheless, it was on target and it seemed to set the tone for a very entertaining first 20 minutes end-to-end Chances both ends. Demarai Gray's shot was shortly followed by a series of efforts from Fulham. Um, um, Jordan Pickford pulling off a magnificent save from Will Yan on the turn, who seemed to roll back the years in this game. He really pinned our our right back, Seamus Coleman, right uh, into our own third. Um, And then we moved on. Another great move uh, where uh, Demarai Gray was left one-on-one with Decordo Vareed, put in a fierce cross, along the mm-hmm. ground, which for all the world looked like Dominic Calvert-Lewin was going to reach the end of, but it just seemed to uh, hit, skim off his shin and then miss Andy Gordon, who's making a very positive run at the back post. Um, yeah, yeah was, I heard this, this chance yeah. for Calvert-Lewin. It was a, a, apparently a great cross by Jamari Gray. Yeah. What? Who was at fault there? Was Should Calvert-Lewin be scoring that or...? It's 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 not. Everyone will say it was a, it was a sitter. And to be honest, uh, a totally match fit Dominic Albert Lewin does does put that in. He does bury that. Um, but it was a, a quick cross. He was only less than half a yard off, and it, he did reach the ball, which makes you question why he didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say is, without having Dominic Albert Lewin up front, it was a very different setup. Uh, and certainly a much better, more positive setup than the Newcastle game, where he clearly wasn't match fit. Um, he was running the channels, uh, giving us a focal point for our attack. Certainly in the first half of the fir- first half of the first half, yeah, in the first quarter of the game. However, uh, we we managed to get another shot on target through a header via Tarkowski, who I thought was fantastic through the whole game. Um, and then after that, it really was uh, a shifting in the sands and. Um, Fulham seemed to take charge of the game, really. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I can hear. Like I, 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 just before we move on, William rolling back the years, everybody knew that was going to happen, right? <laughs> everybody it always seems knew to happen that. against us, doesn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, the bloke was retired last year, as far as I knew. <laughs> He was, he was playing, on. I was playing for Corinthians in on the um, beaches in in the yeah. Copacabana somewhere, just knocking it about. <laughs> yeah, he gets picked back up, and he's just prime Chelsea, fucking William again. Oh. Uh, William. So it was a thirty-four-year-old up against a thirty-four-year-old. One thirty-four-year-old who's completely finished, and the other one who's evergreen. Which well, one was it? Um. Yeah, I I thought I I did think William had a good game. Mm. I think. It was a tough call for, for, for Frank Lampard to start with Nathan Patterson after such a period out with, a, with an injury that looked so serious at the time. Now, obviously, as it's transpired, uh, he's, he's managed to come back before the World Cup, which was, you know, a great news. But was he fit enough? Probably not. Could he have handled Willian? Probably. But given the performance that James Coleman gave last week um, and the fact that you were, you know, Going into the game facing a 34-year-old Willian, 35-year-old Willian, it's not. Um, it didn't seem an unreasonable choice. Um, yeah. And and ultimately, you know, we did okay in the first half. There was certainly we were playing with a higher line. Um, our two central defenders 
um, seem to manage the task of, of shackling their attackers on the whole. Although in saying that, Mitrovic did have 10 shots throughout the game, which is a record without scoring. Um, and he looks a completely different player now from, from, from when he was here last time in the Premier League, probably because he's playing with better players. Why are we giving up so many chances? There's two. Okay, so mm. we'll talk about the actual narrative of the game. Mm. So that's what we. So, what's your take? My take is we conceded a lot of chances and we 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 didn't create any. Um, obviously, you've got the sending off that wasn't. Uh, mm. That seems to be carrying on a theme at the moment. Uh, Frank Lampard spoke after the game about how Allen's red card last year against Newcastle went to the VAR and they sent him off when it was originally a yellow. And now we're getting to the situations where we're getting, they're going to the VAR looking at these blatant, but should be blatant red cards. And um, for, for raking down the, uh, down the shin uh, studs up, it happened with, uh, it happened on Anana with uh, Van Dyke. It's happened. Um, it's happened. There's other examples of it actually. But it's happened again yesterday with Mitrovic. Um, should he be sent off? Well, I think that the referee in general was, it was a fairly below average performance. But when I looked at it live, I thought that was a red card. I did think it was a red card. Probably in old money, if you go back 10 years, it was an orange. You know, the, the, the hypothetical orange card. Um, but yeah. nowadays he's over the ball. He's not won it. Studs up into the shin. It's a no-brainer. I don't understand why VAR didn't pursue it. I feel they would rely on the defense of it's not clear and obvious yet. Uh, red. It's not clear and obvious error. Um, and therefore that's the get out of jail free card for the referee. He did mm. give a yellow. So in their eyes, it's not much of an infringement to go towards a red. Watching it live, it looked nasty. Watching it on replays, it looks worse. Um, the, the referee's yeah, comment was um, it lacked intensity. I don't know how much more intense you can get, to be yeah, honest. So, so, the, so the tackle <laughs> lacked intensity. So it, therefore it wasn't given as a... Or the foul, therefore it wasn't given as a red. I mean, I, I, do, I do see part of their explanation... In the sense that there was a free ball to go for, they both both players went for it with equal intensity. But it's just the the fashion of the the challenge. I'm not going to focus on that as the reason we drew the game. Um, and as much as we say that Fulham did give away, did have a lot of shots. The xG for both teams it was 1.76 for Fulham, 1.19, which is the way I really? saw the game. Yeah, Fulham the better really? side, but two the- fairly even teams battling it out. The quality of the chances was, was, was even... Did not reflect. It did not reflect the shots. Exactly. I felt that we lacked intensity. And speaking of intensity of the challenge, I think I felt felt that we lacked a bit, especially in the second half. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the second half... We lacked aggression. um, Whereas, and that can be attributed, I suppose, to, you know, being the away team and, you know, the home, the home side edges the aggression stakes. Merely for the fact that they have, you know, what is it, twenty five thousand people behind them? Mm. Um, but so I think that was probably a, a a factor in the second half. Although you know, you would like to think we can put sides like, but look, he's doing a good job there, Silva. I'm happy for him, and they're a different proposition. 
and they got some good players and they brought Willian in and Willian's been very good there t- yesterday, typically against us. Mm. Um, but I still think, and, and look, it's, it's, we, it's, some people will say it's a game we would have lost last season, you know. Um, some people say we're, we are more solid. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's a good point away from home. I kind of fancied us yesterday and I was disappointed with what I saw. Um, the XG, the XG will tell one story, but the shots on goal does tell it. You know that it's another statistic. Now the XG obviously is a good measure to go on because they're the chances you score from. But yeah. it's, it's not a good look having Mitrovic ten shots like. <laughs> but I think the two I, I mentioned this to you before the two go hand in hand. If you're not offering anything up front, inevitably teams, any team in the Premier League will have a a plethora of shots against you mm. and that's what happened the xg compared to the to the stock uh, to the shots had tells us that in the second half we essentially sat back a bit more we were a lot more defensive and we invited uh shots but because we are so- a solid team they weren't the high of the highest quality it's it's yeah. a testament that they only got six shots on target we got four so again that comes to the fact that they were too evenly matched sides yeah I think we we have to give context to what we were facing as well. This was, if you say on on paper, we were playing the seventh highest side in the Premier League, who'd scored 22 goals in the Premier League up to now, versus a team that scored 11. And we got a nil-nil away from home. I'd take it. I think, as I say, this is something I always wanted. This is my mantra for the Lampard um, regime so far. We're not even a year in. It's evolution, not revolution. Mm. And, and you know, the first half was evolution from the Newcastle game. It was There was some good... ...be stagnated by loads of games like this where we won't be playing free-flowing football. We will be grinding out a result, which is a point against one of our mid-table rivals. And you take that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if, if, you, if you take away the fact that it's Fulham and we're just predisposed to thinking they're crap, <laughs> yeah, we we have a right Absolutely. to beat them, and you just look at the figures on the face of it. This is a side that scored more goals than us. They're a, a form side. They're much higher up the table. They've got a they've got a striker that's you know dangerous and also very fit. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 one person I was really impressed with yesterday. I'll, I'll let you try and guess who it is. I'm going to say Mikolenko. Well, no, his his. I was. I'm not talking about the Everton. I'm talking about the Fulham team. Oh, okay. Well, I was impressed by it too. So I'm going to guess it's one of these. Uh, Polina really impressed me. I thought he really did well. It brought in an energy and a control in midfield. Yeah. Uh, that, um, and then the second player that really impressed impressed me was Mitrovic. He occupied two centre halves by himself. Yeah. And was a real focal point. Coupled with obviously neither of those two is who are really tell yeah. me, tell me, I'm interested. Anthony Robinson, the left back that we used, he did to... play well. I thought he, he was exceptional. I thought going and forward, neither of them. yeah, he was exceptional. And, I, and I, he, but he's 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 obviously developed as a player since he was with us. I, I thought he had talent and a, and potential when he was with us, but. He's really come through now. I think he could be in for a move to a big team in the next couple of months. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, or maybe next season. I, I don't know when, but I think there's definitely something there. He's a full international now. And I thought he gave 
was a hard time along with William. I think Coleman, I thought, yeah, was struggled a lot um, from what I saw yesterday. And um, do you think the changes Lampard? He was criticised a little bit in the in the echo um, for making changes too late. Do you think he's a bit shy when it comes to switching things up? I think with Frank Lampard. He's got a game plan that he has to go in, and it's usually the correct game plan. I think he's he's taking time to trust this squad. There's more players now, so there was there, there was a period of the start of the season where he wasn't making any changes. Now he is making changes. I think Dwight McNeil could have come on early. I, in fact, think Dwight McNeil should start for us away from home more often. I think he's a very good away player. He's got a good left foot. He can whip a ball in from a set piece. He can he can also have a shot outside the box. Yeah, and he also and, go on deserves. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. He yeah, yeah been, but he also deserved earned a start. I thought yesterday. Yeah, and and I think that the, the two wingers. Although I did think Gray had the better game, neither winger really took the game by the scruff of the neck. And in in which case. Having a Dwight McNeil who will keep your shape yet also offer us something, who has been offering us something going the other way, uh, would have been a reasonable start. I think within the game, he, it's, it's, I, I'm going to borrow a phrase you say, he might be overanalyzing things, leading to him being paralyzed. So overanalysis oh, well, yeah. reading, leading to paralysis. Yeah, I think yeah. there is an element of it, but I think it is a confidence in the squad. I think he made the obvious changes because I did. Uh, the Fulham were targeting Seamus Coleman, and as you say, it was the double act of Anthony Robinson and Willian. Mm. Uh, I have to say, Anthony Robinson, I agree with you. He was, you know, he's very, clearly very quick. He always had the physical attributes, but he's putting in nice balls into the box now, and he's defensively a lot more sound. Neither winger got any change out of him. And then on the um, other, the other player who I think the the, the challenge really shook him was Idrissa Garner Gay. Defensively, he's he's always been sound throughout. Passing wise, you know, he 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 has his, some of his shortcomings, and he has lost the ball a couple of times. But in this particular game, I thought he had a reasonable he had a reasonable game. But that that challenge seemed to really knock him, and they targeted him as well. Mm. Certainly, Polina was sitting on him. He struggled. And, yeah, yeah, bringing on Garner and the other Garner, James Garner, and yeah. and Nathan Patterson was the logical move. Now, Dwight McNeil, in my opinion, could have come on earlier, particularly the form he's had coming into the game. Um, so I do see uh, a, a credibility in that opinion. But I think as the, as the squad evolves as well, I think you'll see... And as, as, as Lampard, as a manager, you know, becomes more intuitive on the, on the flows of the game, we'll see changes coming earlier. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, yeah. Just She's coming in for a bit of criticism. I actually... He's come in for Christmas about his, his, his substitutions in the past. I said last week on the show, I said, he sees what we see. He's the guy. Yeah. And I still think that, like, yesterday when he made the switches, I you ever get that when you're sitting there watching the game? You're like, he needs to bring Patterson on now. Yeah. And Patterson was getting stripped off in the next shot. Yeah. I said then, I said then he could do with bringing Garner on. Well, it was the same thing, like, uh, in the same shot, and there's Garner getting ready. And then later, I was like, "It's time for McNeil." And then McNeil was there again, stripped and ready to come on. It was that that happened again, where it's like you're you're doing what you're see, like it's it. He's doing what you think he should do at the time. Whether... There, w- there, there was a substitution after that, though, which I want to ask you about. 
the Neil Mope substitution. That now was this, for, yeah, uh, that was for Anthony Gordon. Mm. So, how did you see that? Were you, did you see us changing shape? Um, did we? Did you see us become more of a four-four-two, or did you see Neil Mope playing, cutting in from the inside? I thought, I thought personally, we were playing a, a a big man, little man combo up front at that stage. Yeah, I didn't. I, I there wasn't enough. We didn't do enough. We came on in the eighty-six minutes. Yeah, true. Enough in that time to really assess what he, the logic behind it was. You know, mm. I thought it was a strange substitution. I don't think it really had any possibility of impacting the game and it might have upset certain people um i thought did he come on for anthony gordon yeah i thought uh, to, to be honest at that point of the game we probably should have been seeking more control and maybe having a midfielder come on maybe a tom davis or, or a decore um to give us a bit more power in midfield would have been a more um uh proactive solution to, to, to regaining some sort of momentum in the game. But yeah. as you say, we're going 80 minutes plus at that stage. You're probably away from home. You're probably just looking at a player who'll keep the shape and and get you through to the result. Uh, yeah. to what, a point. Was, what, what did we start? 4-2-3-1. Uh, uh, yeah, we started the 4-2-3-1 again. Yes. And so we had Onana and Gay sitting, was it? And yeah, then, Onana playing deeper with Gay, and then you had Iwobi, Gordon, and uh, Demarai Gray. De- right. Gordon Demarai Gray was switching wings on both sides, which it's a nice thing. I like to see my wingers switching because it, it gives a bit of variety in attack. I like it I more agree. when there's a right foot and a left foot because yeah. it gives the fullback something different to think about. But um, uh, yeah, and then it was Dominic Calvert Lewin playing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's just like we 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 we'd be happy with that type of formation. I mean, it, it proved to be very good yesterday uh, or the, last week. What do you think in terms of chance creation? We had a theory last week. Maybe the four, the two, you know, the four, two, three, one enabled us to create more chances by freeing up some wing backs and and getting the wingers involved more. Do you think that we were? What? Why do you think yesterday we 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 struggled really to create, especially in the second half, create any good chances? It really looked like scoring. I mean, it is a conundrum. It is and an absolute conundrum away from home. How we can go from this free flowing side uh, to, to, to to then sitting in you know in, in such a rigid shape. I think, where was I Lampard? Think Nathan... Where was Lampard ball yesterday? We got so <laughs> excited last week. You know. Um, uh, Lampard ball was finally here, and we had a I think what, we, what you found at home was that Mikalenko was playing, particularly Mikalenko was playing higher up the pitch. That freed our wingers to cut in. Yeah. I think yesterday, being away from home, um, I think, and having Decord over Reed uh, playing a fullback for them, who is an attacker essentially, mm. I think Mikalenko was then playing deeper, which then meant both our fullbacks were deeper. We couldn't get players close enough to, to Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, and Iwobi to get them into the game. I think having Nathan Patterson back will change that quite significantly. I think having Nathan Patterson means that we'll always have one player who can do the full full length of the pitch. Um, on, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and still make it back to contribute to the shape. I think Mikolenko is clearly a more defensive 
player and away from home, he'll always revert into that. So having someone like Patterson is, is going to be key to, to chance creation away from home. Yeah, I do think it's coming to the point as well that away from home, we, we do try a Dwight McNeil ahead of one of the players. And I, I, I'm not sure which one you drop out of Gray or, or Gordon. Um, I think I actually think Gordon probably needs a rest. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's calls for him to have a rest, just to reset a little bit. Um, you know, he like look that chance at the end of the first half. I think he does quite well actually to actually just get you know make a little bit of space for himself. He kind of gets a bit lucky, but it 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 does. He's very clever with it, and then he smashes it with his left foot. And one thing I've seen from Gordon the last year, he has, he actually hit it with his left foot. He's mm. got a decent left foot in him, but he smashes it over. And again, and that three players composure, that, that yeah. is what separates the, the, the productive players, the clinical players, and ultimately the very good players from the nearly guys, you know? And yeah, I, he, there yesterday, he should be drilling that low uh, across the keeper. Um, keeping his head, and he lost his head, kind of, uh, in front of goal. And that was a good chance, really. You know, I thought he, I thought he was very, very found yesterday very difficult again. He didn't really get into the game. And every time he did something, he kind of nothing materialized from it. There was no particular end product. I thought Gray was again like a looked more threatening, really. You know, um. And I think Gordon could do with a little run out of the side. Um, who you'd play now? I mean, in place of him, I suppose Dwight McNeil will be the obvious. What is he like? Yeah, I, that's that's the way I see. I think I see it as well. I think it is probably time for Dwight McNeil to get a run. And we're we're at home next game, which is going to be a positive. Mm. Um, and I want to see I'm very intrigued by this season to see how we evolve so what do you see as um, as the future of you know what, what are we going to do what we, what development points did you take from this game and, and what are we going to take into the next game yeah um, right so we've got Leicester up next typically isn't that Leicester at home Leicester at home yeah typically they've gotten a bit of a run now haven't they <laughs> uh, they got they won 4-0 in the last game away was that not in the forest or something? And then who, uh, last game, yeah. Who were Leicester playing today or yesterday? Uh, Leicester played yesterday and they won. Um, it escapes me who they played. But uh, they won. Was it? Okay. It was Le- no, they didn't. They got beat by Man City. Oh yes, they did. But they played a good game. Yeah, yeah we need to edit this out of the thing. So they played Man City, but gave a fairly good account of themselves. I thought Harvey Barnes was very good. Your Tillman's with a cracking shot onto the bar. Um, mm. And it only took a Kevin De Bruyne free kick to really uh, take the, the game away from them. Yeah, they had five shots on target against Man City. They had five shots off target. They, uh, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne scored the goal, the only goal. City had 64% of possession to Leicester, 36. So they had basically, okay, so City had 10 shots off target, but they only had five shots on target. So the same amount of shots on target as City. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a pretty good return. You know they got beat, and you know it's still a loss. But 
they're looking like they're coming into a bit of their stride now. Uh, getting beat at home to Man City 1-0 is no uh, shame at all. I think they're going to be a very, very dangerous outfit coming to Goodison. Um, I would certainly be starting Patterson at right back if he's up against the likes of Harvey Barnes. I think we're going to have to see Gordon playing on the right as well to help out there. Because um, I think that's their danger area really is 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 Harvey Barnes. Absolutely. I think he's had a, a great start to the season and it will be that physical, pacey, direct approach that maybe um, James Coleman won't handle as well as he could previously. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's he's a really good player, Harvey Barnes. He, he's yeah. kind of like a bit. He's not like Trossard, but he, he's in that bracket, isn't he? Like a kind of of those players you'd love Everton to sign. I would. I'll tell you something that you might completely disagree with me. He's a very physical, direct player. He reminds you of a player who we've discussed previously. He reminds you of Richarlison. You yes. know that kind of pacey. You know. Who, it relies on his physical attributes, but always seems to have a hack of getting into the right positions at the right time. Um, he'll probably he's probably good for between seven and ten goals a season, but isn't a constant thorn in the backside. Yeah. So, you know, and and Trossard also, I guess, falls into that. Um, Trossard's having the season of his life. We were linked with him in the summer. Well, he's got anyway, seven. Oh, well, even in the summer, I was like, please let this be true. But, I was uh... I was the opposite. I didn't see the fuss, and all of a sudden, he's he's hit this. This vein of form, which well, is unbelievable. Well, both him and Amaron both have seven goals. So there you go. <laughs> so the t- now, when I heard about Amaron, I was like, "Please don't be true." I always you know, Amaron reminds me of that guy from the movie Goal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, it doesn't help that he plays for Newcastle as well. I know it's exactly the same, isn't it? I'm gonna make <laughs> yeah. it in the, in the Premier League. So uh, oh, speaking God. of speaking of Ted Lasso, it was nice to see him getting one over on Liverpool yesterday. Oh, what what a day! Uh, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. Last minute goals don't happen for opposition players, and uh, and this isn't. We need to really caveat this next bit of the discussion by saying this is certainly not a Liverpool podcast, and I'd rather spend as little time talking about them as possible. Of course, but they've got massive issues. Of course, the field is way off. Um, Darwin Nunes has changed the flow of their attack. Um, they've got a lot of problems defensively. Hey. Van Dijk looks vulnerable. Mane. It's all about Mane. What a player. The as much idiots. as he was a copite, what yeah. a player. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he, he, was the, he was the secret ingredient. Yeah. Honestly, he was the secret ingredient. Without Mane, everything changes. Uh, yeah, he, they were foolish to let him go. Uh, no, we won't, we won't talk about Liverpool because <laughs> Liverpool generally win. But when Liverpool Except lose, to revel in, in the in the in the loss, <laughs> yeah. When Liverpool lose, they're fair game to talk about on podcasts <laughs> or any other kind of media you wanna you wanna have. Um, there, we even have a song. We never feel more like singing the blues. We never win and Liverpool lose. It's part <laughs> of our. It is in the folklore of the club, you know. So mm-hmm. Liverpool losses are our our game. They're they're fair game, and uh, they got beat yesterday. So I'm happy about that. I'm disappointed we couldn't have won ourselves so we could actually sing that song um, like we did last week but you know um, yeah I suppose okay so back to Everton we, we have to talk about Everton and we're going to talk about next week uh, we're, we're playing Leicester uh, the, the, the threatening team we've talked about we talked about Harvey Barnes the threats he usually poses us Um Another player for Leicester that actually always causes us problems is uh, Ian Acho. 
Now, <laughs> he doesn't seem to play a lot. He seems to come on as a sub for them, but I hope he doesn't start against us. Honestly, I think, I just, yeah. there's something about that guy you're playing against us. I don't know. I've always been intrigued by Inatarin from his Man City days. And he, went, and he went with a big money at a young age to to Leicester as a, uh, as a, as a, as a kind of an apprentice to Jamie Vardy. He's been subsequently usurped by Pats and Daka. Um, he he's reminds a good me of, of Daniel Sturridge. Yeah, he's that left-footed, slight forward. Yeah. You can go in and whip into the far corner. Yeah. He's got quick feet. He's not consistent enough. But I think, you know, sometimes a stadium and a team just suits you. And I think he just enjoys, particularly against our old centre-halves, who would always give him a half a yard. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, with our new centre-backs, we will. I, I do foresee us playing a, playing a deeper line so as to not expose space in behind for the likes of Vardy and Harvey Barnes. Um, but this is a team that at home we should be aiming to get a result in. I think our midfield is probably stronger than theirs. Uh, they have one outstanding player, which is Yuri Tielemans. They've um, got James Madison as well. Well, yeah. And they've got Ndidi. Can we edit that bit out of the podcast? Yeah, well, no. No, you're going to stand on that hill. You just have to correct it here. James Madison yeah. has scored six goals this season. And He's they've got Wilfred Ndidi, yeah. And they, I mean, on paper, they have a, they, they have a, they've got a good pay, a team and they've been, they've been... Um, underperforming. Under, underperforming, absolutely. Um, yeah. They've had a troubled summer. They haven't got much money in the bank because of, of COVID and how it's affected their owners. Right, yeah. Um, but the manager has a style of play that works. They have a team that have talent. We still should be looking to get a result against them, but it is not the lesser of the start of the season. We have to be very cognizant of that fact. I mm. think we will come out and be more expressive, um, but it would be interesting to see what changes are made. And indeed, you know, there are questions about Garner Gay and whether he starts this game or is it time to give uh, James Garner a shout out. I do yeah. think, as we say, Patterson comes in. And then the other big question is Winger starts. If who? Which winger starts, whether oh, White McNeil comes in. Yeah, yeah. I think, okay, so this is what I can expect for next week. I can expect Patterson to come straight back in. I expect Garner to start above Garner Gay. Um, I think when Garner came on again, he looked good. Mm-hmm. He made, he, there was one interception or tackle he made that was really nice and tidy, and I was like, yes. Yeah. Oh, go on, Garner. Yes. That was good. Um, so I hope he starts. His passing will come into it. Should, should improve the uh, rhythm of our play as well. Um, so I expect Patterson to come in, Garner to come in, and oh, do I expect Amari Gray to drop to the bench or Anthony Gordon to get a rest? I, I'm going to contradict myself here. But I might be tempted to put Tamari Gray on the bench. I think I think that's what uh, Frank Lampard will do. I think Frank Lampard sees something in Anthony Gordon um, that he wants to invest in, and he'll yeah. play him through bad form. You see this this whole I'm not his son. <laughs> yeah, you remember yeah. it in midweek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like everybody says him like his son. Like it's like well, yeah. you kind of are like the teacher, <laughs> aren't you? Like. You know, it but he has to do it on the pitch, I suppose, or else that relationship. And is he, sour. he has been, 
you know, he's got three goals this season. He had a, a, an average game yesterday, but kept his shape, didn't do anything wrong. Um, uh, I think he will play. Uh, and I think his ceiling probably is higher than Demarai Gray's, although Demarai Gray was slightly better yesterday. So mm. I think you're right. It will be a McNeil-Gordon front three with DCL. Garner or Garner, whichever one plays. Um, who I'm would you, for who would you, right now, we'll put you on the spot, who would you like? Garner or Ghana? Can we, we need, we're going to need to figure something out here. I think... Uh, Gay or Garner? Gay or Garner. Yeah. I think I'd probably go for Idrissa Garner Gay. I'd would go for you, Gay. Yeah. I think the experience to play against the likes of Madison and um and Didi yeah. and Tudemans. I think it's a it's a tough game. Um and I'm not saying that, that James Garner won't won't be good enough to play. I'm just saying we haven't seen enough of him to ensure that I feel confident that he he's he's ready yet. Yeah. I think he he's he you'll see uh, James Garner um like transition into the team slowly, but by the end of the season, it probably will be a James Garner uh, triumvirate with Onana and Andy Wobi. That will be the eventual endpoint, but I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, yeah. I think Jordan Pickford was getting, was getting rave reviews anyway from yesterday. I think if you're having fantasy football, if you do fantasy football, um, I think throwing him in your team is probably a good thing because yeah. we seem to give up so many chances, but they aren't actually very good chances. So the likelihood that the save will be made is higher than the goal being scored, right? Absolutely. So um yeah, he's not in my team. He's going in though. I uh, he's coming into I'm actually I'm I'm gonna use my wild card this weekend and uh make a few changes. Gable Jesus is coming out. He had a good oh. game today too, but he's he's just not scoring enough. No, no, I had I took him out a few weeks ago and fair in, in fact. Yeah um, I think it's Callum Wilson will come in for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Trossard there. Trossard's on my bench. He's just, uh, but he's he's coming in because for some reason Anthony was left out um, for United. I don't know he didn't play or, mm. or whatever, and uh, so he, that's grand. So he so Trossard actually comes in for me. See, I'm I'm being stubborn because I've missed the Trossard hype already. I'm just not picking him. I do not want to be late to the train. I'd rather yeah. choose another train to go to. Yeah, so to uh, it might cost me many points this year. But Almiron and Trossard are not making their way into my team. No, just out of no. Fear, stubbornness. <laughs> no, I haven't got Almiron in. Have you got Haaland? Uh, of course. Yes. Of course. I've been, I've been on Haaland since week one. Oh, I've had um, Haaland, Kane and Jesus. I've dropped Jesus now and it's going to be uh, Callum Wilson. That's for, exactly my line. Three. That's my forward line. Oh, perfect. We're on the same vibe then. <laughs> the same vibe. And that, that wasn't discussed beforehand, by the way. We just must see things <laughs> similarly. Uh, yeah, so I think a lot of it's got to do with how sometimes I pick players how they play against Everton. And I'm like, because that's when I really see them. Yeah. You know, like I, I really understand and see players when they play against us. I'm Because of my attention is so in on the game. Um, what, to, to a much higher level. Than it would be, um, if you know, I'm watching a neutral game or whatever, you know, I'm not no particular interest in it, so yeah. Um, anyway, there's well, our tip get Pickford in your team. Um, yeah, well, in saying this, I'm just talking about opposition teams that we regularly watch. I've taken a particular interest in on Arsenal, not because I like them very much, but just to see the story of you know, Mikel Arteta was under huge pressure last year, I think he went quite a few games not winning. Mm. 
But they went about their business slowly. And now I watched them play today and they were playing Nottingham Forest. Yeah. They've had a year of settling into McLarteta's idea. He's had a year of improving the culture. And he, he played in some very good cultures. He played in the Moyes era and he went to the Arsene Wenger yeah. uh, dressing room thereafter. And then he was assistant with, with the Man City team under Pep Guardiola. He's, yeah, so he, yeah. he's got the culture and he's got the players right with their patterns of play. And now they look absolutely um, unbeatable. They're, they play mouth-watering football. And that's what I see as the trajectory. And that's what I hope for the trajectory with uh, Frank Lampard. And there are green buds of revival every single game. Well, yeah, it, there, there is that kind of a parallel there with being, a, a first off, being hard to break down and score against. Absolutely. Uh, and then building on a, on a really solid foundation and then kind of nicking games will continuously do it. Reminds me when Moyes, kind of when Leicester won the league as polls, and it also kind of reminds older people, not me, I'm not that old, but of the old, of the old Arsenal, where the you know boring, boring Arsenal was a thing. Absolutely, one nil to the Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it it, it reminds me of that now. But now they're after putting five past Forest. You know, like, could you think they can win the league? I mean, they're definitely in with it with a shout. I think yeah. you've probably got two or three teams who 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 were who were definitely in with a shout at the moment. It's City. And it's um, Arsenal. And then you've got a, probably a set of other teams who are a bit away. So you've got the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham who yeah. will be there or thereabout. And I think Man United are going to, they're going to have a say in the top four as well. But I think Arsenal are, are a very good team at the moment. They've got a fluidity to their style of play. Their defence is solid. The two players, you know, one of whom we were very heavily linked with, Gabriel, Gabriel has really grown into this team. And the lad Saliba, who has been mentioned so much as the upcoming talent in, in French football, yeah. defensively, he's really, he's really... He was alone last year somewhere, At Marseille, he? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to keep him. And for all, for all reports were suggesting he wanted to stay there because he'd had a particularly bad time under Arteta at the beginning. Right. But Arteta knows a player. He knew what he was doing. Brought him in and stuck him in the game, in the team, and they've never looked back. I mean that that back line with with the uh, goalkeeper Ramsdale, who's a who's a good goalkeeper, not as good as Pickford, but a good no. goalkeeper. Gabriel and then uh, Saliba, they uh, their fullbacks are good as well. I'm surprised at that for for Pickford for all of Pickford saves yesterday, his shot stopping, his kicking was a bit off, wasn't it? Like he was uh, I've seen him yesterday. I was watching. I was like. It was more adventurous pressing, though. This is yeah. what happens. So when when we trans like this is the problem with between playing home and away. We cannot replicate how we play away from home simply for little things like the dressing rooms difference, where you how you walk on the pitch, the dynamics of the pitch. Although there is a range of you know every every pitch is within a range. Mm. You know there some are slightly smaller, so you'll touch the uh, you'll touch you'll be on the touchline a bit quicker. Um, it gives you that half a yard maybe yeah. to play with than in others. And Fulham looks like a tighter pitch. So I so can see think, they, they were very front you, foot on their You think that would affect his kicking? Like... I think the press on, the, they were very, very um, proactive in the press, which is something we know from Marco Silva. And some a, a subject that we haven't really touched on is Marco Silva. 
Mm. Um, I yeah. thought he gave a good count of himself against those. Well, it's good to see him, like you said, it's good to see him well rested, uh, looking yeah. like a football manager. Um, <laughs> I, I, he, he, he's obviously a talented manager. Like that was obvious, even when he yeah. was just, uh, just. I, I think we like to promote ourselves. Promote is an Irish word for kind of pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, we like to promote ourselves in, in with the idea that the job was too big for him. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> maybe the job was too big. Made a pressure. See, everything's an impossible job because we, we as fans, expect us to be competing. Maybe not to win the league, but just be competitive up the top the right end of the table yeah but without the resources or you know means to actually compete at that end of the table um it's interesting you, know. you say this because we revel in the underdog mentality but i feel like this underdog mentality has held us back at times as well yeah but we have this kind of i contradiction that we have the underdog mentality of the same yeah, we time see ourselves we're as one a big of the big <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway well we leave it there and we're going to catch everybody back for Leicester yeah and, and, and we'll, uh, we look forward to um, uh, speaking again yeah I mean what, what, what is Leicester next Saturday yeah it's another 5pm kickoff I think is it yeah yeah well whatever time it is we're, me and Ahmed will be back um to discuss that game and maybe we'll discuss a bit of fantasy football. Maybe we'll discuss <laughs> a bit of football in general. But, you know, it's always going to be about Everton. Uh, <laughs> so thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will speak to you then.